You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to another episode of the How to Win podcast. These podcasts are based on 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. We're so glad to have you with us today. It's going to be an exciting day. Tag a friend and let them know that we're live. You can also get this audio on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast from. Now, we've been talking for the last four weeks on Real Talk with Pastor Mike and Miss P. So we've been talking about our marriage journey, and it's been absolutely wonderful. Again, I have my two guests with me. Here's my wife to my right of 42 and a half years. This is Kanitha Jo Moore, affectionately known as Miss Pete. Good to have you. Hey, everybody. And to my left, I have our anointed facilitator, my daughter Tiffany. Good to have you with us today. Hello, everybody. Well, we've been talking about marriage and our experience of marriage, but today in this final session, we're going to answer questions. You have sent in questions over a period of time, and we're going to spend this whole episode uh, answering those questions to the best of our ability uh, with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We believe he's going to help us, and we believe that you're going to be blessed. Before we get into the questions, and I turn it over to Tiffany, my wife and I was talking, and uh, we came up with what we call a failure or success grid for marriage. In other words, there are areas where couples are successfully uh, engaging, they're doing the right things in these areas, and when marriages are struggling, couples are not doing what they need to do in these areas. We came up with 10 areas, and I'll just briefly give you an overview of those 10 areas that we're calling our success and failure marriage grid. Number one, organization slash role clarity slash decision making. Usually when couples are struggling or doing well, it has to do with organization or structure. Number two, priorities slash boundaries. Is the marriage in the right priority? Are there boundaries, things that you won't do, uh, you, you establish you will not do or bring into your marriage? Number three, teamwork slash partnership. Is the marriage a team? Are you operating as singles or you are a team? Number four, communication slash expectations. Communication is very important to marriage, and usually there are expectations. Number five, finances slash fairness. Is there fairness in the management of the finances? Connection, number six, connection slash needs, desires. Are we meeting each other's needs? Are we meeting each other's desires? Number seven, is there mutual respect slash differences? slash understanding. My wife and I are very different, but do we understand that? 
you're different from your spouse? Do you understand that? Uh, do you recognize it? Do you accept that? Number eight, commitment slash trust. And we don't have to talk a whole lot about that because anything you're going to be successful at, you have to be committed to, and there has to be trust. Number nine, sex slash Time, are you investing time in it slash fulfillment? Are you both enjoying the experience? And then number 10, spirituality. Are your commitment to grow in Christ slash forgiveness? Is forgiveness a ongoing uh, tool that you're using slash maturity level? The level of your maturity spiritually and emotionally will impact your marriage. These are 10 areas that we believe that problems are caused by or success uh, come out of these 10 areas. So now with that in mind, I'm going to turn it over to our facilitator, Tiffany, and then we're going to attempt to answer your questions. All right. Welcome, everybody. Again, before we get started, make sure that you share this, invite somebody on, because we know that this can be helpful um, for people who uh, may have questions about marriage. And then also, we just want to thank you for sending in your questions. We had some questions coming in anonymously, and then we had some coming in during the actual um, session. So we just want to say thank you for sending those questions. All right. You guys are ready to answer a few questions? Let's do it. All right. So we're going to start with the first one. It says a lot of young couples that we encounter have husbands that were fatherless, fatherless. So they are lacking in a lot of the practical areas of manhood, fatherhood, and as a husband. So the first question they want to know is what are some practical ways that men can develop in these areas? And then number two, what advice would you give wives with immature husbands who are too prideful to seek help? That's good. Well, you know, uh, I think that's a, a great question. Uh, uh, spouses, in particular, husbands who have not have have not had a father figure in their life, uh, and how do they develop in the area of manhood and being a husband and being a father? Now, I can answer that in the light of a man who did not have a father, but I think it's true, period. I think because much of the time parents are not intentional in developing their children for adult life, many young men grow in families with a father and don't really understand how to function as an adult. Because when you think about those three areas, when you think about manhood, when you think about being a husband, and when you think about being a father, it's growth required. You got to grow. So I would say from a practical standpoint, anything that you're going to be good at, and you want to be good at a good man, you want to be a good husband, want to be a good father, I think you have to be a student of it. I think you have to study. I think there are books that you can study about these areas. I think you now you can go online about these areas. I think it's important to be a student of anything because we are not born understanding what a man is. We're not born understanding what a husband and a father uh, is. So I think you have to be a student. Secondly, I think mentorship. 
getting somebody, a mentor, maybe a coach, maybe a, a pastor, maybe a somebody else that you look up to that can speak into your life. I think it's good to have somebody to speak in your life. An example, I think having a role model, uh, Dr. Price and Dr. Betty were our role models, but I don't remember them ever telling us anything about marriage. Uh, Dr. Price never spoke to me about being a man, about being a husband, but I observe. You need somebody that's a role model that you can observe. And then finally, you got to work at it. Anything that you're going to be successful at, whether it's being a man, being a husband, being a father, then you have to work at it. Now, the second part of the question was, what if you have a husband who is too prideful? I think so they're immature and they're too prideful to seek help. Okay, they're immature and they're too prideful to seek help. Well, the question that I will ask, what does that mean? What does too prideful mean? They're not willing to seek help. I will ask the question, why? Okay, is it embarrassment? Because sometimes it's embarrassment. If it's embarrassment, then you can give that person information. You know what I mean? Because they may feel too embarrassed to talk to somebody else. So you can get them information. But if it's stubbornness, then the only thing you can do is pray for that husband, pray for that father. You pray that God will bring someone into their life that they'll listen to. Yeah, that's good. All right. The second question, um, it may go a little bit with the question we just kind of received a little um, while ago. What would you say to couples who have not left and cleft, as Ms. Pete mentioned, those who run to their parents' house during a disagreement and or who allow their family and friends to influence their relationship? That's a good question. Uh, so earlier in our marriage, uh, we set boundaries. And I was taught this from my mom. You don't run. If you have trouble with your spouse, you don't run to your parents or your friends. And the reason why, uh, because it, it violates boundaries and it violates trust. Okay, if me and Pastor Mike have a disagreement and I run to my parents, and I'm painting the negative picture of my husband to my parents, uh, they're going to have that negative image in their mind. We're going to get back together. But they still have that negative image painted. So the more you run to your parents, you're painting and painting and painting that negative image of your spouse. You all may get back together, yeah. but they're going to have that negative image. And the same thing with friends. During our marriage, I never told my friends my business. I never told my parents um, my business because it's kind of a violation of trust. And we establish boundaries. So you have to establish boundaries early in marriage. What are we going to do? What are we not going to do when we have problems? And one of the things that I was saying uh, in our discussion over the four weeks, as a pastor's wife, you don't really have anybody to go to because uh, you don't want to tell your congregation. You don't want to tell your friends because some of your friends, your husband is the pastor over them. And so um, that can be very difficult but recently, I saw that they have online counseling uh, that you can sign up and uh, pay for to go to, or you can go in-town counseling. 
but I would more say uh, uh, online because they don't really know you. Sometimes in town, people know you more famous your your, mm-hmm. your spouse is in ministry, and so um, we establish brown boundaries. So I think it's important. Uh, if you're getting ready to get married or early in your marriage to set boundaries because that ba- breaks a trust issue if your spouse is always running to friends and family. Mm-hmm. And like I say, they'll they'll keep it, but you all get it back mm-hmm. together, but they'll keep holding on to it. And I think it also breaks uh, the priority commitment. The Bible talks about leaving father and mother, cleaving to your spouse, which means that that parent and friends or whoever, they're, they're not in a priority position. So when you start taking intimate, personal information, what's going on in your house mm-hmm. to them, then you're elevating them in yeah. a place that God never intended them to be. And it's important to go to somebody that's objective because, as you said, your parents normally going to lean toward you, your friends going to lean toward mm-hmm. you and it's always two sides every to every story yeah, that's good we got some really good questions again invite somebody on um, the next question that we had is what would you say if one spouse has gained weight to the point where sex is no longer enjoyable to the other spouse okay I'm going to answer <laughs> from a woman's perspective and he's going to answer from a man's perspective okay. um If your spouse is a female, if your spouse has a problem with you gaining weight, if he has a problem, you have a problem because you won. You're on the team together. So it's not just um, him having a problem with you. And you may say, well, I don't have a problem with it. If he got a problem with your weight, you got a problem with your weight. And so as a female, I would ask myself certain questions like, "Is is it related to some medicine? that I'm taking, because sometimes medicine helps you to gain weight. Is it related to a condition in my body? Like I have hypothyroidism Mm -hmm. and hypothyroidism slows down my metabolism. So I have to be a little more careful uh, what I eat. I can't eat like I used to could eat back in the day, a whole plate of French fries and not gain weight. Mm -hmm. But I can't do that anymore. So uh, your your medical condition may have uh, something to do with you gaining weight. So you have to get a physical and see if that's the case. As you age, mm-hmm. you know, your metabolism slow down. So you have to ask yourself, is it is it because of my age? Then you have to ask yourself, is it because uh, of a lack of discipline, a lack of discipline in my exercise, a lack of discipline in my diet, or maybe I just don't care. You just got to ask yourself. Uh, like, for example, I exercise. I can't do what everybody else doing. The boot camp can't do it, ain't going to do it. Uh, but what I found out I'm consistent in doing is walking. I love to walk. I like to walk outside, not on the treadmill. Mm-hmm. So if your husband has a problem with your weight, you have a problem with your weight because you are on a team. Mm-hmm. And so you may have to make some adjustments um, and you may have to find some things that work for you. Like um, I think one of the best programs to lose weight is Weight Watchers mm-hmm. um, because you it's nothing you can't eat on Weight Watchers program. They need to send me some money for advertising <laughs> for them. But Weight Watch is nothing you can't eat, and it's it's very balanced. And you you know you have to be um, you know you didn't if you gained a lot of weight you didn't get that weight on you uh, instantly, and you're not gonna lose it instantly. So it's a lot of factors into that. Um, asking yourself or you you just don't care 
And so if you don't care about gaining the weight, then that's kind of selfish. So that's my say on it. Well, you know, and, and I would say to the man, the husband, if you're struggling with your wife and you're not attracted to her sexually because of her weight, then I will ask uh, some questions to you in terms of your expectation. What are you expecting from your wife? Do you have a weight expectation? In other words, does she have she to be a certain size for you uh, to be happy about that? And then I will ask is are you being realistic? You know, is it a realistic expectation that you have? Uh, because weight has a lot to do with my wife. It has to do with your makeup. It has to do with your DNA. It has to do with a lot of different issues. So are you being realistic? about what size she has to be? Uh, are you comparing her to somebody else? Are you comparing her to other women, uh, things you see on television? Or if you're into pornography, she's never going to satisfy you. Uh, no matter what she does, she's never going to satisfy you because you're, you're being fed by some other pictures and some fantasy that you have. And then I will ask finally, are you willing to help her lose weight? Are you willing to walk with her? Are you willing to, to coach yes. her? Are you willing to invest in her being in the gym or a uh, trainer? What commitment are you willing to make to help her to lose weight? And then what about you? Are you in the shape that you Hello. need to be? Because sometimes <laughs> men, they want their wives to be this thin, but then they got this big old belly uh, hanging out there. So what kind of commitment are you making toward that? And are you loving on her or are you just judging her? Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are some good statements. All right, the next one. Um, what advice would you give a spouse who is willing to go to counseling, but the other spouse isn't and refuses to address their issues or immaturity? Okay, from my point of view, if he don't want to go to counseling or she don't want to go to counseling, my question is, why don't you want to go to counseling? Sometimes people don't want to go to counseling because they've been before and they've been hurt or they've hurt, they have friends that have been to counseling and it didn't work out. So my question is, why does that spouse not want to go to counseling. And then if it's, if there's no reason why they don't want to go to counseling, you can't make a grown person do what they don't want to do. So uh, my question was with you, if he don't want to do is there's no reason why he don't want to go or she don't want to go, what you going to do about it? Because you can't make a grown. He's he, the other spouse. is not a child. You can't make them go. So if they're not going to go, what are you going to do about it? In other words, uh, are you going to set boundaries? Yeah. I mean, if it's just pure stubbornness or selfishness or I don't want anyone telling me what to do, then you're married to someone who's not willing to change, not willing to invest, not willing to grow, not willing to listen. And then you have to decide whether or not you want to accept that the rest of your life. Yeah. And I think a good point that you all made previously is that the more you spent into the word, the more mature you've got. So yeah. I guess a question could be is how much are you spending time in the yeah. word? Yeah. Um, another, another question um, 
that we wanted to ask regarding finances is what would you say to a couple if one spouse is a spender and their impulse purchases, lack of budgeting negatively affects the household? Well, you know, uh, we listed some areas. I listed areas uh, that I think is a problem area. If, you know, organization is important. And organizing your finances, budgeting your finances, deciding on a budget, uh, deciding on decision rights, how you're going to decide about the spending. Mm-hmm. It, you have to have structure in it. And it goes back to, to a team. Mm-hmm. If one person is going to decide what they're going to do without talking to the other person and motivated by their emotion, you're going to have problems. Uh, It's a team. One person can't just do what they want to do and not talk to the other person, not get buy-in for the other person. Marriage is a team sport. Mm -hmm. So you got to have some structure, budget, how we're going to spend, how much we can spend without talking to the other person, Uh, the the joint accounts, who's going to pay this, who's going to pay that. And if you don't have structure, you're going to have a mess. Yeah. So what would you say to a, a, a spouse that didn't want to do, they still didn't want to do that? It's, it, 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 you know, I'm going to answer the same way. If you have someone in your marriage that they're not willing to change, mm-hmm. they're not willing to listen, they're not willing to grow, and they're hurting the other person, and they're hurting the marriage, then you have to somewhere draw a line there, establish boundaries, and say, I'm going to accept this, mm-hmm. or I'm not going to accept this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have a, quite a few questions coming in, so we're going to be kind of going a little quicker with these um, questions. Um, how would you, and similar to a question we asked earlier, but how would you recommend a spouse address a sensitive issue that has been a point of contention and offense? For example, family or friends coming over unannounced. It's kind of like you got to set boundaries, what we're going to do and what we're not going to do. Um, I think it's very inconsiderate. Uh, like my son and his wife, I don't just just unannounced go over their house I call Mm -hmm. because I don't know what they're doing and what they're not doing so as a couple you have to set boundaries and you have to be in agreement um, they can come to the house like when y'all first started church and they came into your refrigerator yeah you gotta set boundaries yeah you know the reason why we mentioned those 10 things earlier Mm -hmm. because we wanted the listener wanted you to have a framework from which to, you know, observe and evaluate your relationship is boundaries, but it's also respect. Mm -hmm. It's mutual respect Mm -hmm. to bring someone over the house. And I'm not going to say anything to her Mm -hmm. about it. And she doesn't know anything about them coming. I didn't call. I didn't say what you think about this or anything like that. That's disrespectful. Because you don't know what I had planned. You don't know what I was going to do. That's not, it's kind of selfish. It gets back to that team. Mm -hmm. You know, when you get married, you go from me to we. Mm-hmm. It's a team. So you don't just make unilateral decisions without talking to the other person. Yeah, that's really, really good. Y'all, y'all have some 
great questions coming in. Um, the next question that we had that came in is, what would you say to men who allow their wives to make all the decisions, even if they're not the best for the family or the relationship, for the sake of keeping the peace? You want me to do that? The question is, men who don't, who are not responsible, mm-hmm. but the wife allows the men, mm-hmm. or the, wa- the wife takes over. The wife takes she over. She makes all the decisions, she, even if it's not the best decision, but he just want to keep the peace. He want to keep the peace, so he allows her to just take over, mm-hmm. and he won't say anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, first, that's a fallacy. He's technically not keeping the peace. Mm. He's opened the door for disorder because if he has some thoughts about it, but he don't want to say what he thinks about it. And he allows her to make the decisions, even if it's not in the best interest of the family, Mm -hmm. then he's going to internalize that. Mm -hmm. It's going to be impossible for him not to internalize that. Mm -hmm. And when he internalized that, it turns into resentment. Mm -hmm. Now, if he's not every time he looks at her, he's going to look at her out of that resentment that's Mm -hmm. on the inside of her. Mm -hmm. And if he doesn't deal with that sooner or later, it's going to turn into bitterness and then it's going to come out later and it's going to come out in a way that is unproductive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's not keeping the peace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's prolonging yeah. the situation. And it sounds and like he kind of checked out already before. Yeah. You say this need a man up. Yeah, he got a man up. He just got a, he, he's got a man up because deep down inside, this is my belief. I don't think a woman who really serious about God would want a man who says nothing mm-hmm. and leaves everything to her. Most women, I think, won't support. Mm-hmm. They won't help. Yeah. And then a lot of women, especially black women, are coming out of a single situation mm-hmm. and they've been handling everything. They want somebody to help them. Yeah. All right. So another question that we have is what natural qualities and spiritual attributes should someone look for in a spouse? And then it says, please address from the perspective of a female who's getting to know a male and ask pastor to address from a male getting to know a female. And I, I like to say something and you, you handle this. Okay, you come, you, I must come from a female perspective. And, and a practical and standpoint. And yeah. I'm going to come from a spiritual standpoint. Okay. You know, different people have different uh, attributes that they're looking for in a spouse. But for me, I would look for, as a female, I would look for somebody that's responsible, that has initiative, get up and go. I don't want no lazy man. Mm-hmm. I want no lazy man. <laughs> responsible, initiative, a self-starter. I'm not already trying to push you. I don't do this, do that, do that. I don't want that. Be a self-starter yeah. and somebody that work. Mm-hmm. A responsible person, not a lazy man, hardworking man. That's what I'll be looking for. Mm-hmm. Two, I will be looking for somebody that's committed to me. Fidelity, not a not a uh, 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 dress chaser. Mm-hmm. I want somebody that's faithful to me. Yeah. Somebody faithful. Mm-hmm. When you say dress chaser, what what you mean dress chaser? 
after the booty. Just okay. After the booty. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want nobody trying to get all the booty from all the other. I don't want them to get it from me either. But they were married. But I don't want no 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 no, no skirt chaser. You knew what I meant when I said that. I wanted to help the audience. <laughs> I want somebody that's committed to family. Okay. And especially if he has outside children. Mm -hmm. I'm looking to see, are you faithful to those kids? Yeah. Your outside kids from divorce or mm -hmm. outside marriage, you know. I'm look because if you're not faithful to them kids, what make you think I'm gonna be he gonna be faithful to the kids we may have? Mm -hmm. So I'm looking for somebody that's a family person. Because I'm in the family, especially if you're gonna have kids, plan on having kids. You don't want a man that's just into himself. You want somebody, is he into his family, his mama, his dad, his mm -hmm. sisters, his brothers? Is he into family? That's what I'm looking for. And then I'm look, looking for somebody that's committed to learning about God and a committed to obey God's voice and obey God's commandments. Mm -hmm. So that's what I would be looking for, a hardworking man. Uh, not a not a dress chaser, mm -hmm. fidelity, mm -hmm. committed to family, and a man that's willing to hear from God and obey God. Now, but everybody have different characteristics, but that's what I would be looking for yeah. in a man. So question for people who may have never been married, who probably had a divorce. At what time do you think if they have kids is the right time to introduce the kids? That's a good question. Um, I don't think you should first introduce when you're serious. Because if you introduce a kid and you're not really serious to, to a, with a man or especially for a female, you introduce your kid to a man and then three weeks from now, y'all not together. Mm -hmm. And then you get another man and then you together for six months. Then you get a kids become attached yeah. to that person, especially if that man is involved with them, you know, mm -hmm. playing ball with them, taking mm -hmm. them swimming. Taking them, and so it's kind of divorcing for that kid, and they may not can handle it. So I want to introduce my kids personally uh, to a man until we were serious about getting married. Yeah, because kids connect on a superficial level. Mm -hmm. They don't think commitment. They don't think dedication. They don't think any of those things. Uh, if they like you, they connect to you. Yeah. And if you're showing interest in them, they connect to you. Mm -hmm. uh, and so when you uh, you and your boyfriend don't, it's like a separation for that kid. Mm -hmm. And the more you do it, you know, that yeah. can really hurt that child. Mm -hmm. So I want to introduce a, a man to, to my kids until I was serious about marriage. Yeah. From a man position, I think what I would be looking for in a uh, female, female mm -hmm. uh, from a wife or whatever you want to think in that terms, I would be looking for someone who respected me. Uh, Elaborate at, on respect. Well, men have a need for respect. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that is a deep need that we have that she trusts my trust me to lead trust me to have the family in the best interest i want somebody that respect me um to talk to me the right way mm -hmm. uh willing to listen to to me mm -hmm. uh so i think trust and then i want to i want a teammate 
Mm-hmm. I want someone that's going to jump in there and work with me. Now, that may mean different things to different people. Yeah. You know, it may be a mother at home mm-hmm. who's working with those kids, helping me with those kids, helping me from a domestic standpoint. Mm-hmm. It may be for those who may, kids may be grown. Mm-hmm. I'm in business or I'm in ministry. I want someone who's willing to help me with that mm-hmm. or willing to team with me in business. So you're looking for someone who's willing to respect you and, and a person who's willing to team with you. Yeah, that's good. And, and willing to follow you when you say, I feel like God wants us to go in this direction. Mm-hmm. You want her to be willing to follow you. So what else? Just respect. And I said willing to follow you in terms of you hearing God's voice and being a teammate. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, the part B of that question was, how do you ba- balance the spiritual and the natural? Well, you know, from talking to, a, I used to have a small group of young professional black ladies. And they used to say the Christian men, they want the same thing as the world of men. Mm-hmm. They won't get in the bed with you. Mm-hmm. And so... Just saying, you know, the Bible says the devil believes in God and trembles. Mm-hmm. So just saying that you're a Christian ain't is not enough. Yeah. You know, um, just because you go to church, it's not enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you say, you want somebody that's going to respect you. Mm-hmm. Um, Let me ask you this question, because it kind of goes with it. Um, does immoral behavior, fornicating, drinking, dishonesty, automatically disqualify a person? And if so, what are the chances of finding a spouse? So when you say fornication. Right, fornication. Which drinking, is against God's word. Uh-huh, okay. Drinking. Drinking. Dishonesty. And dishonesty. Et cetera. Could be okay. That stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of sound like you saying you're settling. You're settling for somebody that's fornicating. You're settling for somebody that's drinking. And you settling for somebody settling for somebody that's dishonest. Why would you want somebody that's fornicating, drinking? When I say drinking, I mean drunk. Yeah. I'm not. I, you know, personally, <laughs> I don't think nothing wrong. You have to be in your conviction with a little wine or nothing like that. Crucify me if you want to. Crucify me if you want to. I don't think it's nothing wrong, but you have to go to according to your addiction. Yeah. I'm talking about drunkenness. Mm-hmm. Why would you want somebody that's fornicate, dishonest, and a drunk? Yeah. Uh, you asking for problems. Mm-hmm. So when you're saying what, in other words, what am I gonna do? You you kind of giving up. Like there are no there are no people out there that's faithful. There are no men out there that's honest. Mm-hmm. There are no men out there that don't drink. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like you're settling. And when you settle, when you go against what God's word says, it's kind of like you're saying you know more than God. If he say don't fornicate, if he say about drunkenness, if he talk about dishonesty, then why would you want somebody like that? Mm -hmm. You're asking for trouble. And even me and Pastor Mike, as we were giving our testimony, one time uh, Pastor Mike was saved and I wasn't saved. And so we don't want you to think that, you know, well, Pastor Mike and Miss P, he was saved and she wasn't saved. Honey, we paid the price mm-hmm. for him being saved. And me. We went around that wilderness. <laughs> we went around it. <laughs> and I wouldn't recommend that you do it. We went around it. We had problems. We had trouble. And I wouldn't want that on nobody. We came through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but it was honey, tough. Honey, it was tough. tough. 
And so anytime you go against God's word and you say, well, you know, I hear some people, any man is better than no man. Why would I want a dishonest man, a, 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 a fornicator and a drunk? Mm-hmm. I, I don't want that. Because yeah. you're asking for trouble. Mm-hmm. You well, know? you know, you know, when I hear that question, um, it here's here's how I hear it out of the ears that I hear it. Mm-hmm. I think that there are Christian women because I believe that was a Christian woman who asked that question. There are Christian women who have attempted and committed to godliness, Mm -hmm. but they are constantly running up against men who say that they're Christians, Mm -hmm. but they're acting like unsaved men. Mm -hmm. You know, they they still want to do the same things that they did in the world. So it sounds to me like that the person is saying, well, if I've got to have that kind of person, Mm -hmm. then... I'm not going to have anybody. Mm -hmm. And I think the problem with that rationale, I understand it. Mm -hmm. I fully understand it. And I think Christian men have put Christian women in that position. Mm -hmm. But I think it's no faith in that. There's 7 billion people on the planet. And to believe that there's nobody, God can't bring anyone in my life who has some consistency with my values, and they are different. Different people have different values. Mm -hmm. That God cannot bring anyone Mm -hmm. that's consistent with my values. Mm -hmm. So I have to compromise my values Mm -hmm. in order to have somebody. I think that's that's a a faulty uh, faith. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's... I understand it, but I think it's faulty. And I think what happens when people compromise their values, whatever they may be, mm-hmm. they end up in a relationship and then they feel trapped. Yeah. Because they still got the same values after they get married. Mm-hmm. And now they feel trapped. And next thing you want to talk about divorce. Mm-hmm. So it's worse being married and struggling mm-hmm. than being single and struggling. I promise you, like I it. promise yeah. you, it is worse because when you're married and struggle, you feel trapped. Mm-hmm. When you're single and struggle, there is the possibility of some hope mm-hmm. somewhere. But when you locked into a situation with a person, that's tough. Yeah. The next question, y'all kind of answered it, but I'll just ask it because it was written in for us. Will you elaborate on being equally yoked? Being a believer cannot be the measuring. Being a believer cannot be the measuring tool. Demons believe. If you address this in the first question, then disregard. I like to mention it. The reason why God spoke about being equally yoked is because what God is concerned about Mm -hmm primarily is about his purpose in the earth Mm -hmm. and he's concerned about his children living out their purpose in the Mm -hmm. earth. And when you're equally yoked with someone, then the the likelihood of you living out that purpose Mm -hmm. is maximized. Mm -hmm. You know, you have a greater chance of living out that person. If you are 
connected to someone who's not committed to God, mm-hmm. then you the likelihood of you fulfilling everything that God wants you to do is going to be hindered because that person, you're going to be in a constant warfare between a person who's not committed and you're committed, and that's the challenge. However, equally, you can be you can get somebody that's saved and be unequally yoked Mm -hmm. because a saved person have different value Mm -hmm. systems. So sometimes you can be both born again and one person is still worldly and one person is still godly. That's Mm -hmm. unequally yoked. Yeah. Okay. Um, The next question we have is, and I'm going to ask you two questions because they kind of go the same. Um, The first one is, do you think there is such a thing as God's best for you in choosing a mate? Then also, do you think everyone has to find the one or are there many options? I believe there are many options. I don't believe it's just one. Mm -hmm. That's God created one person for you. Mm -hmm. I mean, he gives you uh, the ability to make choices, you know, according to his according to the word of God, mm-hmm. uh, the right one for you. Um, I think God's, you know, I don't know if you answer that. <laughs> I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people get into that perfect one. There ain't yeah. no perfect one. Everybody got, uh, everyone has something that issues and stuff that they're dealing with. Ain't nobody perfect but Jesus. Yeah. And he ain't available. Yeah. You know, I used to, I used to think, and if, if you think this way, it's all right. There's not a right or wrong way. Mm-hmm. I used to think that there was one person that God had for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you you believe for that one person. Mm-hmm. I, I do think now that it's possible for God to know individuals that may fit. Mm-hmm from your values, from your commitment, and it may be more than one person. When you have a one person, bam, and you get a divorce, you go through that situation in divorce, you it, it opens up a door of confusion to you because was that you the person? Was the one. You don't know yeah. whether you missed that one mm-hmm. or if there anybody else out there and I've seen so many cases where people have been in bad marriages Mm -hmm. and they've gone through a divorce and we're not encouraging divorce, but gone through a divorce and they found somebody and they found each other and they have a great marriage. Yeah, that's good. Um, So the next question that we had was what was there a point in your marriage that you you decided that you were going to do whatever it takes to stay together and not get a divorce? You. <laughs> well, we didn't really talk divorce. We had some we, difficult days. We didn't talk uh, divorce. Michael uh, said uh, he was thinking, uh, you know, I wanted out of it. It wasn't that I didn't want him. I didn't want that ministry. I just didn't <laughs> want that ministry. I didn't want that. I didn't want. I, I, I've always loved him. I just didn't want that ministry. And then when I found out he 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 ain't leaving the ministry. <laughs> <laughs> and then I kind of began to get into God and relationship with God and we began began to become a team. Mm-hmm. Uh but I never thought divorce. I've always loved him. I just didn't love what he was doing. I just didn't want that ministry. <laughs> but then I began to get in relationship with God and, and the word of God began to bless me. 
and I, and I fell in love with God and the benefits of God and mm-hmm. friendship with God. And then I came on board. So we really, we never talked divorce. Yeah. We felt, we talked being trapped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we talked being trapped because I used to say, I know. And I used to feel so sorry mm-hmm. for Pete. I felt sorry for her because I said, I know you didn't have a chance to decide whether you wanted me in that way. Mm-hmm. Because, see, I, I will end up... You was going to be a lawyer. I was going to be an attorney. Mm-hmm. So she thought that, and then I end up being this preacher and a pastor and all mm-hmm. that. So I felt sorry for her. Now, did I want something better? Did I want to get out? Yeah, I wanted to get, I wanted to get no, out. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I wanted to get out. But we didn't talk divorce. I didn't think I'm going to get a divorce. Yeah. I didn't... I, I just didn't think... I didn't think I'm going to get a divorce. Mm-hmm. I think I think once God starts showing me me, mm-hmm. because I always thought she had the problem, mm-hmm. but when God started revealing that I had issues, mm-hmm. I made a commitment. I remember making the commitment. I'm going to work on me, and I'm going to be the best husband I can be. If it never works, I'm yeah. going to do my best. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Um, when did you know you were in love and how will I know? Love means different things to different people. When you're young, you know, you got that little butterfly every time you see him or her. But as you mature, I don't get them butterflies <laughs> yeah. no more. But I, 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 I hate it when I'm not around him. We mm-hmm. fellowship so much together. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he's in Columbus and I'm here, I miss him. Mm-hmm. I'm excited when he come back. Um, you know, love is different. I can't, you can't, it's not, there's a pat, a pat definition for love. Love for me may be love for different from somebody else. Um, you know, that, you know, I don't know what it will be like for any other person. Mm -hmm. But like she said, whenever we're separated from each other, I go to Columbus sometimes and I'm, preaching there and Mike is mm-hmm. preaching here. I always miss her. Mm-hmm. If if I'm going somewhere and she's not there, I'm never happy for a long period of time yeah. and she ain't there. Cause I'm trying to think of how I can get back to the house. Mm-hmm. Even if I'm going out to minister, I'm thinking how can I get back to the house, especially if she's not with me. And I think I know because I want the best best for her. You know, she, I want her to be happy in every area and I pray about it. Mm -hmm. And I feel that, I feel that I want her to enjoy the best life that's Mm -hmm. possible. And there was a time I didn't feel that. I wanted me to have the best life. I wasn't thinking about her that much, but I, and so love is different. Mm-hmm. It, it's not, it's different. Yeah. Uh, the next question is, how did y'all resolve a disagreement when you were long distance? We, simple. You simple. You can't disagree when you don't see each other. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't see each other. We ain't so had no problems yeah, with that. Yeah, okay. Um, the next question is, what did y'all do for Christmas when you were in the struggle years? Uh, we 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 have always had Christmas. Mm-hmm. Now we may not have been able to buy each other what we really really wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I remember one Mother's Day, you know, all the other ladies in the church they were getting big things for Mother's Day, 
And I, I, my, my mother's that present one that big. What past engagement? One that big. Yeah, but he didn't. He making it. up for it now, huh? He done made up. <laughs> he done made up for it. So we always had. Um, you can always do something for Christmas, even if you struggle. Your Dollar Tree is your favorite friend. If we'd have had a Dollar Tree, we'd have been on it. Baby. You go on YouTube and find. They got the Dollar Jewelry Store. They got the Dollar Tree. They got Dirt Cheap. They got yeah. Dollar General. <laughs> you can do something for Christmas. You gotta be creative. <laughs> you gotta be creative. Um, the next question is, what's the limit to giving one another grace? So, example, if they don't have a job, should you still marry them? Oh, I wouldn't marry nobody. I married somebody without a job. But that was in my dumb days. <laughs> if, if I they got tra- wisdom now. Yeah, so I got, got wisdom now. Wisdom. You got, I wouldn't marry nobody without a job. But if they were in school, like mm-hmm. you're in med school or mm-hmm. you're in pharmacy school or you're in some kind of schooling, that's a different thing. What if they're in between jobs? In between jobs, but you, you got get up and go initiative mm-hmm. to get out there and work and and you got potential and you really struggling hard, I can go with you. But if you don't have a job, you ain't looking for no job, mm-hmm. you're lazy, mm-hmm. you want to depend on your parents, mm-hmm. uh, nah, I can't handle that. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and like she say, you, you can have initiative and desire and dreams mm-hmm. and be a hard, committed to work. Yeah. You just don't have it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know when a person want to, but they just don't have it. And you know when a person don't want to work. That's a whole different animal. And I think you can be committed because, see, if Pete had decided not to be committed to me, she would have left me a long time ago. I wouldn't have been the only lady. I would have been the second lady. I would have been no lady. I was making 15, I was working 15 hours uh, a week. But you and, had, you had an issue. And then there was a period of time where we both didn't have jobs. Okay, so what if they got a job, but they making uh, a few dollars an hour? Well, then you got to decide that, mm-hmm. you know. Or you feel like they going to stay there? Because uh, Pastor Mike worked as a janitor. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I knew it was more in him than that. Yeah. So you have to make that decision, yeah. you know. Okay, that's good. Um, would you would you ever advise a couple to hold off on getting married if they're not in the best financial position? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I would tell them to prepare. Uh, once you get married, it's not just about I love you and you love me. Mm-hmm. You got obligations, you got responsibilities, and I think you should prepare for it. That doesn't mean you got to have $100,000 in savings and all that kind of stuff, but you need to prepare mm-hmm. for getting married financially mm-hmm. because you're going to you got to think through where you're going to live. Think through transportation, think through insurance, mm-hmm. think through all these different issues. And it may take you preparing to do it, but you don't have to be rich to get married. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I would advise people, too, if you're tuning in for the first time, a lot of these questions was answered during the previous podcast. So you can go back and watch those as well. Um, would you advise singles to make sure you know what another person's is up front before saying I do? What that what? Purpose is up front before saying I do. I think your purpose, um, you may not know it when you get married. It's revolutionary. It's evolving. Yeah. Um, 
And sometimes when you get married, you may not know your purpose, but I think it's uh, good for uh, uh, young people or when somebody's getting ready to get married to talk about uh, your goals and your plans and, and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. And because you don't, you don't always know fully your purpose, but there should be, that's where premarital counseling come in. Mm -hmm. You got to be talking about things. Mm -hmm. uh, Pete and I didn't have premarital counseling. We did, uh, we did a lot of stuff wrong. That was another, that's a question so y'all can go into it. Do you think that um, individuals and couples counseling before marriage, they yes. should do it? Oh, yes. absolutely. Absolutely, because if if it's good premarital counseling, you're going to cover things like goals and expectations, and you're going to communication. And a lot of people think that premarital counseling is telling you not to marry that person. No, mm -hmm. it's just giving you different things to think about. Yeah. Um, the question that it asked were Pastor Mike and Miss P. Do you think personal wholeness is important to have before choosing a mate? I think that wholeness is evolutionary too. Uh, even now, I still have issues that I have to stand on God's word with. Now, um, the low self-esteem thing has kind of been uh, squished, but every now and then Satan will try to bring that back up, but I know how to get in God's word and, and yeah. you know, get it off. And I don't think you will ever, everybody have stuff that they're dealing with, right. you know. Um, you know, I, one of the questions had to do with recognizing whether or not you're whole enough to get married. Mm -hmm. um, Pete said that wholeness is evolutionary, and that's true. Mm -hmm. We're constantly getting better. getting better and should be getting better. I think, though, you need to be at a level of wholeness to get married. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that level is when I'm in a position mm -hmm where I'm whole enough to think about her mm -hmm. or you're whole enough to think about the other person. Yeah. If you're in a position where you got a lot of unresolved issues mm -hmm. and you're in a me world, mm -hmm. you're not ready to get married. Yeah. You have to be whole enough to think about the other person and what's best for the other person. And if you're in a position where you can't focus on what's best for the other person, mm -hmm. you shouldn't get married. Mm -hmm. In the area of wholeness, Ms. Pete, what books do you, um, you talked about Joyce Myers helping you. So what were some good books by Joyce I, Myers? I kind of said that last week. The Battlefield of the Mind is one of the best books ever. Okay. She has it on CD. You can go to JoyceMyersMinistry.org. And just look at her itinerary. Mm -hmm. Do you have any CDs, MP3s for singleness and not wanting to be married? And uh, not wanting to be married. Okay, I'm just going to kind of highlight them. This is one of our latest, latest ones that Pastor Mike did. Single in the City. It was a singles conference. Uh, the Experience Faith Chapel Singles Conference. That's a good one. Control Your Relationships. Love in Action. Things you ought to know about being single, how to receive the right person the first time, before you say, I do, and how to avoid wasting time and energy on a hopeless relationship. And you can go to MikeMoreMinistries.org and you can get all that. Yeah. So if you go into the search bar, you can type in couples, singles, and you can find different topics on there. We had a few questions to come in because we're going to get ready to kind of wrap it up. So um, how do you establish boundaries in your marriage? 
You got to talk it out. Mm-hmm. You got to talk it out and you got to listen. You got to discuss what is important to your relationship. Mm-hmm. What will you do in this relationship? Mm-hmm. What you won't do. You know what I mean? What will you not do? In other words, we decided we were not going to make unilateral decisions. Mm -hmm. Okay, she's not going to go in that bank account, just pull out money. Mm -hmm. And I'm going just pull out money and ain't going to talk. Mm-hmm. We, we're not going to have secrets where we're sneaking, hiding, doing stuff. Mm-hmm. We're not going to talk to our parents about what's going on in our relationship. Mm-hmm. So each couple has to sit down and talk about what's important to that marriage and what are the uh, where, what will we do? Like, for example, Pete would never invite a family member to, to spend, uh, to move in with us. Oh, no. <laughs> I have to talk about that. My own self, <laughs> my own self to do that. Well, but I'm saying that happens in mm-hmm. relationships. Sometimes people bring people, they bring their parents home or bring without talking to the other mm-hmm. without talking to the other person. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you may have to have a third party, like a counselor, because right. you may not be right. able to see eye to eye on that. Can you be married and stay and stay in two separate houses? Why would you want to do that? <laughs> maybe they out of town. Maybe, know. maybe uh Maybe, Maybe their the work. They had- Maybe their work. For example, you got entertainers. You got people who may work in one city. And well, you may in- have a house in Georgia. You got a house in Alabama. So he stay in Georgia. You stay in Alabama. I'm just giving it up. I, I don't, don't know the question. I think it's going to be a challenge. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a challenge. But different people. You got people who may work on the West Coast, mm-hmm. and people may work on the East Coast. And that's 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 something that you're going to have to discuss before before you get married. Yeah. Yeah. And if it works for you, praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So let's talk about in the house. Do you you believe that you can sleep in different bedrooms and have a successful marriage? <laughs> sleep in the, if it work for you, then I, you know it can work for you. Mm-hmm. It can work for you uh, if you if you it, see the sleep in different bedrooms may sleep in different bedrooms, mm-hmm. but you can't live in different bedrooms. Yeah. Um, yeah, because you make a sleeping. I I know couples that sleep in separate bedrooms. You pushed me out one time because I was snoring. You were snoring. I mean, <laughs> I could handle that. I handle that. And then I know a couple's is the heat temperature. One just like the room cold, the other like it hot. Mm-hmm. And so they sleep in separate bedrooms mm-hmm. because of that. But so. but you got to get together, sex. There you go. And you, it got to work. If it worked between you two. Right. You just got to get into agreement. Yeah. Um, what would you say to a single woman that is okay being single, but they are that they have people say to her, you know that it's not good for you to be by yourself. You need a husband. <clears throat> Tell them, get out your business. Can I say something? Yeah. Listen, there is nowhere in the scriptures that, uh, that says a person has to be married. Mm-hmm. Nowhere in the scripture, mm-hmm. because if it was in the scripture, you know, when the Bible says it's not good for a man to be alone, alone, mm-hmm. you can be single and not be by yourself. You can have friends. You can have all kinds of family members. You can have that. I think it has a lot to do with what you feel about what makes you fulfilled. Mm-hmm. 
your purpose. And I don't think everybody has to be married to, mm -hmm. to be that. If mm -hmm. a person is happy being single, mm -hmm. you don't have to satisfy other folk. Jesus was single. Paul was single. Mm -hmm. Other people were single in the Bible. They were very effective. In and very service. effective and happy and fulfilled. All right. Last question is, how do you know when you should extend grace in the topic of being equally yoked? I think you just have to be led by the Spirit. Mm -hmm. I don't think that there's a rule for that. I think mm -hmm. you have to be led by the Spirit mm -hmm. on whether you're going to take it or not, whether you're going to separate, whether you're going to get a divorce. I think you got to be led by the Spirit. Yeah. So the last uh, question that I guess y'all can kind of give us is what are your tips for married couples, top tips for married couples? Okay, we got three top tips for married couples. This is from my perspective. He's going to give it from his perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, that have worked for our marriage is spend quality time with each other mm -hmm. like a date day. Mm -hmm. uh, on purpose, uh, set aside time where you and your spouse, not you and your spouse and the kids, mm -hmm. not you and your spouse and your parents, mm -hmm. you and your spouse get together and y'all have a date day and you all talk and mm -hmm. fellowship. That would be number one. Number two is listening to what your spouse is saying mm -hmm. and listening to what your spouse is not saying. Because mm -hmm. sometimes our spouses are saying something and they're not speaking out of their mouth. Yeah. But you can so listen to what they're saying and listen to what they're not saying. Mm -hmm. And number three is keep talking, communicate, communicate, communicate. Mm -hmm. I got three things, three tips that I would give to married couples, um, whether it's positive or negative or strong marriage, or struggle marriage. I think establishing core values. Mm -hmm. You know, businesses have core values. Churches mm -hmm. have core values. I think uh, uh, a couple should have core values. Mm -hmm. And we have core values and, and, and they're some things that I think it'd be helpful even to write them down. For mm -hmm. example, family is a core value. Mm -hmm. uh, for us, freedom is a core value. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to build a fence around Pete and try to tell her, you can't go here, you can't talk to this person, you can't be with this person. Mm -hmm. Freedom is a core value. Yeah. She don't tell me you can't do this and you can't be with these people and you can't do that. Uh, there are times when I may eat lunch with a female. Mm -hmm. It may be be a, a person here or maybe a friend, mm -hmm. but I'm going to tell her. Yeah. I'm going to tell her what I'm what I'm doing. But it's freedom. Mm -hmm. It's a core value. Fun can be a core value. Yeah. So I think travel can be a core value. Mm -hmm. I think every family, every couple need to have core values. Number two, I think teamwork, a decision to be a team. Mm -hmm. Decide that you're going to be a team. Mm -hmm. Study teamwork, study teams. Uh, Decide that you're going to move from me to we. Mm -hmm. Me to we. Mm -hmm. We're moving from me to we. Mm -hmm. Decide to be a team. And then thirdly, a commitment to be best friends. Mm -hmm. I think every couple, every married couple should commit. You may not start there. Pete is my best friend. Mm -hmm. There's nobody on the planet I want to be with more than Pete. Mm -hmm. Okay? It didn't start off there, though. But I think every couple need to commit to being 
or becoming best friends mm-hmm. with their spouse That's good. and not have anybody else that you prefer being with mm-hmm. than with your spouse because okay. that'll solve a lot of problems. Um, before we end, I would like to, uh, I got with the audience online, okay? <laughs> and we have a little token for you all for giving your wisdom and your what? advice. What? So, Miss Pete, we have you some flowers. What? And, and Pastor, we got your favorite, you. which is some popcorn. Oh my goodness, I am so happy. <laughs> and it's pop secret. It, it's pop secret. It ain't got no coin. It ain't got no, it ain't no. That's your favorite. It ain't no pop. It ain't no caramel. Just your butter. Just movie theater butter pop secret. So we just wanted to say thank you for giving your wisdom, your knowledge, um, and taking the time out each Tuesday to share. Um, Did you guys have any final thoughts that you want to? Well, I wanted to say this was our journey and we know it's not your journey, but it's our journey. And we pray that we said at least one thing that will be a blessing uh, to your marriage. Be a doer and and take the selfishness out. You be concerned about him and he be concerned about you. And I believe you'll have a better marriage. But we pray that uh, our journey was a blessing to you. We wanted to be open and transparent so that it could be a blessing to you. And let you know we just as human as you are. And we deal with the same issues you deal with. And it's worth it. I would say that if you have two people who are willing to work on their marriage, it is worth it. Yes. It is worth it. And we're living proof to the fact that you can go from one place to another, to a better place, to a better place, to a better place. Yeah. Through God's word. Through God's word. Just as a reminder, you can always go back and watch these podcasts. And then also, if you wanted CDs on singleness or even marriage, go to Mike Moore Ministries. Org. We thank you guys so much. Oh, we finishing up. I'm going to do a series next week. I'm going to start a new series called uh, No Pressure. And we're going to talk about overcoming stress and anxiety. We know that a lot of people are kind of stressed out during this time. And we're going to talk about resting in God and how to, how to do that. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do some special. We're going to have some special things where... Uh, Tiffany's going to come in and do one. Then Pete is going to come in and we're going to do something else down the road. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Have a good day.